0: you to show up in church today, God. Speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, go ahead and uh, get in your Bible to Deuteronomy 6. Deuteronomy 6. Uh, everybody should have um, one of those little cards. Uh, for those of you who are new to the class, that's so at the end of the class, you can write down a question and turn it in. I really would like for everybody to write something down and uh, turn it in, you know, whether it's serious or a smile, smiley face, just so that, you know, all the questions are turned in in, in true anonymity. And, uh, you know, it would be a good thing. You know, any of y'all, you can just pull chairs over here too, or there's a couple up here in, in the back. It should be in Deuteronomy 6. Now, last week and, and today, it, it probably will disappoint uh, some of you, um, you know, because we're laying a couple of foundational uh, things um, for us. Yeah, moving over here is super helpful for me because my my vision just doesn't work good over, over there. Um, and, but I really, so much of what we're doing is a lot more important than you realize, even though we're not specifically talking about the things you wanted from from this class. Uh, Those questions you turn in each week, you know, we will uh, start our class each week answering them. Now this week, Uh, They're not too much yet, uh, just because of the nature of what we talked about last week. Uh, Nobody turned this question in this time. Uh, It was turned in in the past, but uh, it's a super applicable question. It says, uh, we think we should parent one way, but my in-laws think we should do differently. What should we do? Um, That depends on the most basic question. Uh, are your in-laws trying to get you to do something that God wants you to do? Or are your in-laws trying to get you to do something that is contrary to what God wants you to do? You know, we, we really, we're too hung up so many times on the messenger. And uh, we only will consider the message if we like the way the messenger talks about it or who the messenger is you know if you really want the answer you got to ask yourself the most basic question is what you're doing something that would more please god than what your in-laws want and if what your in-laws want is more of what would please the lord then you swallow your pride and you do what the lord wants regardless of the messenger and if what they want is something contrary to what the Lord wants, then the biological uh, child you know, needs to approach uh, your parent. And uh, you say, well, they might not like that. Welcome to adult life. You know, uh, when you got married, the most important earthly relationship you have is no longer you and your parent, it's you and your wife, you and your husband. And that is your first responsibility. And so if you handle these things in the order God designed, they will, they will always help you. It's, a lot of times it's not going to be easy. Uh, but in the end, you'll always just be glad you did right. Um, remember, it takes more than uh, love and good intentions uh, to raise your children right. Uh, everybody that gets married <laughs> loves one another, has good intentions. Uh, lots of marriages are bad. Uh, a lot of them break up. Uh, It takes more than love and good intentions to parent your children well. Listen, you can go to a crackhead and and ask them if they want to be a good parent, and they will say, yes, do you love your child? Yes, you know, yes, you should have love and good intentions, but it it takes more than than that. Uh, Before we start, a couple of thoughts just to ponder about parenting in general. Here's number one. We never know or understand the love of a parent until we become a parent. Uh, Here's the second thing. When there's a battle of wills between you and your child, always win that battle. Uh, If you take notes, write that down. Uh, That will start really, really, really young. The first battle you're going to have with your children is who's the boss. And a lot of times, you know, what people call the terrible twos or all that stuff, these kids that are three, four, five, six years old that are a terror, it all started because... Uh, they were the boss from the beginning. Here's a third thought to consider. Be careful that you only break the will of your child instead of breaking their spirit. And they're two very, very different things. If you don't break the will of your child, you will fail as a parent. If you break the spirit of your child, uh, your child will really struggle in life. And they're two different things. And you say, how do I do that? Well, we'll get more into that later in the class, but understand you're gonna need some wisdom from God and you're gonna need some prayer, but we'll talk about that stuff uh, later on. Remember, I don't have all the answers. Uh, I just, I sincerely, I wanna help you and and I just wanna encourage you in in that God made children uh, very pliable. Uh, He knew when he designed the parent-child relationship that no parent would be perfect, all right? And so you're not gonna be a perfect parent, but understand that if you're really sincerely trying to do what God defines as right, and you are really just digging in there to be a, a, a good parent, uh, it's, it's gonna be okay. Uh, and you'll please, please the Lord. Uh, we're all passionate about this. And uh, the foundational issue is a really simple one. Does God know more about what it takes for my child to succeed in life than I do. That That is the foundational issue. And, and if God does know more about what it takes to succeed in life and to please God than we do, then the first question always has to be, what does God want in this situation? Uh, how does God parent his children? Remember last week we, we talked about one of the key issues is that God defines himself in his relationship with his greatest creation as a parent-child, a father-son, parent a father-daughter. Father, and, and so th- this is really, really important, which brings us to uh, where we closed last week. Last week we closed with a question that since God has given parents authority over their own children, not adults over all kids, parents over their own children, what is the first thing I teach them? Now, there's certainly many things that you need to teach them, and by the grace of God, you have a lot of years to do that. Remember, it's not an accident that among mammals, and human beings are a mammal, you you know, I don't know of any other mammal that starts out and stays as helpless as a human being uh, for as long. God designed them. By the way, in every other creature, God gave instincts. Uh, You don't have to teach a beaver how to build a dam. You don't have to teach a bird how to build a nest. They don't learn that from their parents. It's just in them. Yet a human child, God designed to be basically instinct free because pretty much everything in life in one way or another, they're gonna have to learn. And you are their first teacher. What do you teach them first? Now, if you go to our culture, our culture would say, teach them first to be themselves or teach them first to love or teach them first to accept others, not to judge others or teach them to be true to their own heart. You know, I think we all understand those are the those are the ways that most of our culture is parenting. And we all on the news on a regular basis watch the end result of that kind of parenting. (laughs) Uh, Unfortunately, what we're going to talk about today, the first thing to teach our child is secondary uh, in Christian homes and almost non-existent in non-Christian homes, when in reality it should be primary in Christians' homes and in reality, it should be primary in a secular home as well. And for decades in America, it was. You just learned this from society. But you're not going to learn it from society today. What's the first thing to teach our children? Teach them to obey rightful authority. Teach them to obey rightful authority. Deuteronomy 6. Now, verse 1, now these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord your God commanded to teach you. Remember the three portions of the Jewish law, There's, those are them. says that you might do them in the land whether you go to possess it. Notice God wanted them to do what he commanded. God, God's commands are not for our entertainment. God's commands are for our obedience, I'm always amazed that people come to church and they almost want me to entertain them versus listen to a message to respond. To find whatever portion of that message is what God wants them to do next in their life. That's not what they're looking for. God wanted them to do what he commanded. Verse 2 says that thou mightest fear the Lord thy God to keep his statutes and his commandments, which I command thou, uh, thee, thou, and thy son, and thy son's sons, all the days of thy life, and that thy days may be prolonged. Notice the first benefit of obedience to God's commands. What is it? Yeah, that thy days might be prolonged, a longer life from obedience. Verse three says, Hear therefore, O Israel, uh, and observe to do it. Again, what did God want? He wants you to do what he says, that it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest increase mightily as the Lord God of thy fathers has promised thee in the land that floweth with milk and honey. Notice what happens if you do what God commanded according to verse three. What happens? Be well with thee. That you would increase mightily. You know, I think every parent wants those things for your child. What am I supposed to teach? Verse 4 Here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, all thy might. Jesus defined that right there as the greatest commandment in the Bible. Uh, Love of God has four aspects, not just one. Love God, according to Jesus, with all our heart. That's an emotional thing, that's the only love of God most people think about. Uh, but it's love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, that's your life, uh, all thy mind, That's the way you think about things and what you believe and says, and with all thy strength, that's with your behavior, what you spend your life on. There's four aspects to loving God, not just one. That's the greatest commandment, according to Jesus. We're supposed to teach that to our children, verse 6. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. Here it is. And thou shalt teach them, what's the next word? Diligently unto thy children. And thou shalt teach talk of them. So you teach God's commandments. You talk of them, say where, when thou sittest in thine house, when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, when thou risest up. By the way, those are all just things around the house. Those are the things your children see every day. You're getting up, you're going to bed, you're doing the things around the house. Your children should see on a day-to-day basis your obedience to God in those things. Uh, Notice verse eight, and thou shalt bind them for a sign on thine hand. They shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. Uh, How many people have seen like the Orthodox Jewish people on the news? They have a black hat, they have long curly uh, beard that's unmarred and they have a, a black box on their head and they will have a big bunch of wraps in their arm and they'll have a box on their hand. You guys have seen that? You may remember Jesus talking about the Pharisees, not for wearing a phylactery, but for making broad thy phylacteries, just wearing them for show. This, this section of the Bible, that's what's in that. Uh, verse 9, thou shalt write them on the posts of thy house and on thy gates. That's on purpose. <laughs> okay? Uh, In thy house, while thou goest by the way, when thou risest up, that's just as you're living. Uh, to teach them on purpose, you're writing them on the posts uh, of your doors. Pretty obvious that we're supposed to be teaching our children. Remember, our children have a fallen instinct. A fallen nature, but they have no instinct to obey God. They have no instinct to do what's right. Uh, You'll never have to teach them to throw themselves on the ground. You'll never have to teach them to say no when you want something from them. I mean, that will come out of their own heart. You are going to have to teach them the things they need to learn in life. Uh, By the way, Uh, You can't teach something you don't know. Uh, Great job being here. I mean, minimally, it means you're curious uh, about what God would have them to know and and what you can do. A lot of people, they they don't even ask the questions. They, They just assume Wow, you know, I, I know how to do it. I saw a Facebook post years ago. Somebody asked some question and somebody responded follow your mommy instincts. And I thought to myself, it's a good thing I don't have time to comment on that. You know, because your mommy instincts sometimes are good and sometimes are bad. Uh, You've got to follow what God commanded. How do we teach our children? I mean, it's obvious we're supposed to. I mean, first and foremost, we teach them by our example. Uh, I like to collect phrases. I post one every Monday on Facebook and Twitter, and it goes on our church webpage. I mean, I have hundreds of them. As I'm reading books, I write them down. As I'm listening to messages, I write them down. My favorite phrase of the hundreds that, that I've collected is this. What you do speaks so loudly that I cannot hear what you're saying. I mean it's a great truth of life. First and foremost, we teach our children by our example. Here's the hard part of our, about our example. Our example speaks the loudest when things aren't right. Uh, everybody has a good example when all is well. Our example speaks the loudest when things aren't right. Uh, and if we're not careful, we will teach our child, don't use profanity unless you're angry. Prioritize the church unless there's something better to do. Treat someone with respect unless they disrespect you first. Did you follow what I'm saying? Uh, respect the police unless they pull you over. And if we're not careful, uh, what happens is what our example teaches them is, okay, following God is something you put on a show for, for an hour or two on Sunday morning, but doesn't have much impact through the week. Listen, we are constantly teaching our children by our example. It is the most powerful thing. But it's not the only way we teach them. Here's a second way we teach them. We teach them in occasional moments when they're open to listening. Now, those of you who don't have children yet, whose children are young, you don't really grasp this yet. But sooner or later, as your child gets older, you know, most of the time, they're not going to be open to listening. But, by the way, that's not because they're bad. Uh, you are the same way. It's because they're Immature. And so what that means, if they're only occasionally open to being taught, the more you're available to be there when those occasional moments show up, the better off you'll be. By the way, do you know when most of those occasional moments for instruction show up? When something goes bad for them? Trouble at school, other kids mean to them, something dumb happened at church. They're mistreated by such and so. They got a bad grade in this or that. Listen, if your parenting philosophy is I'm going to shield my child from all these difficulties of life, understanding what you're doing is in effect you're shielding them from the most teachable moments of their life. And trust me, they will still have to learn those lessons. It's just they'll learn them at 18, 19, 20, and 21 when the consequences of not knowing what to do are going to be much greater than what they are at 10. We teach them most often by our example, we teach them in occasional moments when they're open to listening. We teach them key things by repetition. Have you ever thought about how much repetition is in the Bible? Have you ever really thought that, you know what, probably, when you come to the church, if you come to a biblical church, there's probably maybe 20 key things, I don't know what the number is, it's not a big number, that you hear repeated over and over and over again. And God teaches them through us by statements, he teaches them through us by examples, he teaches them to us in all different kinds of ways, he repeats these same key things and that's the way you're going to teach your child. If you think you're gonna just tell them something one time and you got it licked, no. How are you gonna teach them? You're gonna have to take some on purpose time. On purpose time to teach them. Remember that last way, write them on the posts of your house. Now you can do what you want. I never felt like as a parent that after my children were in church, they were in Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, I never felt like they needed a 40 minute family devotion from me. Now, if you wanna do that, have at it. I'm not saying it's wrong. I just never felt like that was necessary in our case. Uh, I would teach our children something every night at bedtime all different kinds of things on purpose time. And uh, we would have a prayer together uh, and we would do some Bible story and we'd talk about the point of that story. Uh, when our kids got older, we did that at the breakfast table before they went to school. Uh, you say, you mean you got them up early for that on purpose teaching time? Yeah, when your kids get older, what you're gonna find is that evenings are almost impossible to teach. I mean, everybody doing stuff. So you mean you took 15 minutes of sleep away? Quit making sleep the God of your child. Small g. Okay, Brother Wally, I understand how I teach, but we still haven't got this question, really. What does God want me to first teach my children? By the way, there's literally no disagreement among anybody who takes the Bible at face value. They interpret the Bible in the same way that Jesus, John, Peter, Paul handled the Bible, which is the plain sense of the scripture, makes common sense, seek no other sense. If the Bible is just basically saying what it means and meaning what it says, there's literally no disagreement over what to teach. There might be some good discussion about how, but but what, uh, and the what is key uh, for our our, our discussion today, what is the first thing to teach? Teach them teach first to obey rightful authority. He said that, Brother Wally, that's really hard. Yeah, uh, because it's one of all of our least favorite aspects of life. Uh, listen, it's not just me. It's all of us that hate authority other than our own. There's not a person here, including myself, doesn't struggle with rightful authority from time to time. And yet, hear me when I say it is a key foundational piece to your child's life here and now and to their future. Please hear me when I say they will never prosper in life if they cannot obey a boss. They will never do well in an educational environment unless they can obey a teacher. They will never do well in a spiritual environment unless they can obey spiritual leaders and God. Do do you see how this issue, though, it it is the hardest thing sometimes for us to do. It is the key thing to begin teaching our children. And listen, uh, in our society, the the word obey, O-B-E-Y, is a dirty four-letter word. And so in our own minds, here it is, the key thing to teach our children, and society is not teaching it at all. It's been contrary to it, and we struggle with it by our nature. And yet, if we don't get this lesson through, we are really hurting our children. And by the way, since we teach by example first, uh, understand if we don't get this under control ourselves, we can yap all we want. Who do I teach them to obey? Turn up a few pages to Deuteronomy 11. I get so weary and sick of this new kind of Christianity that makes obeying um, almost a dirty word because of grace. Listen, grace is a wonderful thing, but grace is going to teach you obey the Savior. Notice in Deuteronomy 11, uh, verse 26, uh, says, behold, I set before you this day a blessing and a curse. A blessing if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you this day, and a curse if you will not obey the commandments of the Lord your God, but turn aside out of the way which I command you this day, to go after other gods which you have not known. Um, According to verse 27, uh, if you obey God, what's it gonna bring in your life? According to verse 28, if you refuse to obey God, what's it going to bring in your life? Yeah, I, I preached a sermon on this at Cincinnati Christian School 20-some uh, years ago. was never asked to come back to chapel. Caused controversy all day long. And the biggest thing that caused controversy was, I said, probably no one ever uh, gets saved to love because they love God. Uh, people get saved because they're afraid of going to hell. And by the way, you're actually incapable of truly loving God without God's spirit living in you. And so he didn't ask me back because that's not a popular message that God will bless your life if you obey him and curse your life if you disobey him. Now remember, there's three places you can be. You can be actively obeying God and be blessed. You can be actively disobeying God and being cursed. Most people live here in the middle. They're not really blessed because they really are not actively obeying God. They're not really cursed because they're not actively disobeying God. Most people just kind of live here in the middle. Uh, But I, I want... The same, wanted the same things you want for your children. I wanted our children to live a blessed life. I didn't want them to have uh, cursed health. I didn't want them to have cursed finances. I didn't want them to have cursed relationships. I wanted them to have blessed things. And the root of that is obeying God. Ephesians 6, who should I teach my children to obey? This is the kind of message, I mean, people can like it or lump it. It's true. Uh, some of you have started to live long enough to where you begin to see the consequences in the lives of those who disobey God and those who will obey God. You, you, you can see this. Uh, what, who should I teach them to obey? Uh, Ephesians 6, 1, children, obey your parents in the Lord. For this is right, honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise that it may be well with thee and thou mayest live long on the earth. How many people here would like to shorten the life of your child? Nobody. Uh, now obeying this doesn't mean your child's gonna live to 80, but whatever, uh, I, I believe God makes human beings and, and, and there's a max amount you can live. And you can cut that max down by uh, not taking care of yourself. <laughs> You can cut that max down by being uh, flippant with your own safety, driving through red lights. Uh, You you can shorten your life by just choosing to willfully defy God. Whatever that number is, whether it's 5 or 10 or 25 or 55 or 95, uh, When we teach our children to obey us, we're teaching them to obey God because God made you their authority. When a child obeys you, they're obeying the authority of God. And by the way, uh, our job as parents to, as time goes on, shift their obedience to us as their direct authority in the home to obedience to God rather than us. Who should I teach them to obey? Hop up in your Bible to Hebrews 13. Some circles, this is anathema as well, but it's in the Bible. Hebrews 13, verse 17, says, obey them that have the rule over there and submit yourselves for they watch For your souls, as they that must give account that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that's unprofitable for you. They're supposed to obey spiritual authorities, those who watch over their souls. Listen, I wanted our children to profit from that relationship. We would go down and uh, when it snowed hard, I'd make our boys uh, take the snow off of the pastor's uh, driveway. He was five doors down. They were not too bad with that. And then we would do our other neighbor, Ron. And then add to's quickly deteriorating. And sometimes we'd do the neighbor on the other side too. Teach them to obey spiritual authorities. Uh, Titus chapter 3. By, by the way, the, the, these are super clear. For anybody who thinks all that Old Testament obey stuff was just Old Testament, uh, Jesus said this in Luke 6, 46, Why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Jesus said in John 15, 14, You're my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. Jesus said in John 14, 15, if ye love me, keep my commandments. Listen, this is not an Old Testament, New Testament thing. It has always been part of God's plan for his children to obey his commandments. By the way, they're for our good. None of you here make rules for your kids to hurt your kids. Every rule you make for your children is in some way for their good. And God's rules are the same. Titus 3 verse 1 says, put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers to obey magistrates. Be ready to every good work. Teach them to obey the proper authorities in government. That's what principalities and powers and magistrates are. Go back to Colossians chapter 3. Uh, If you're getting the idea that this is pretty much just throughout the Old Testament and New Testament, you're really getting the right idea. You say, Brother Wally, uh, I hate to obey. Me too. Who likes to obey? I I don't know who it is. It it has never been my preference to obey, never. Not not do it. (laughs) Colossians 3 verse 22, servants. Obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye pleasers, eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. Teach them to obey their boss in the workplace. I mean, understand, I mean we don't obey because people are smarter. We don't obey because people always know more. We we obey because God said obey. Here, here's the problem. We're afraid. because we all have been around long enough to know there's bad bosses, bad spiritual leaders, bad parents, right? That's why when we teach our children to obey, we're not teaching them to be mind numbed robots. If you do that, you might have a good kid, you'll never have a good adult. Remember our goal is not a good kid, we like that. Our goal is a fully functional, independent, thinking person of faith when they're an adult. That's our goal. Listen, I've known a lot of parents to parent in a manner that made great five-year-olds, 10-year-olds, and 12-year-olds, because they were just mind-numbed kids, and those kids turned out terrible. They're terrible adults. You and I always must teach them that obedience always falls within the parentheses of obedience to God. They ought to know, hey, listen, if your teacher tells you to do something that God says don't do, don't listen to the teacher, listen to God. They ought to know that. That's a part of you teaching them obedience. Don't you dare obey me if I'm telling you to do something contrary to Christ. That's disobedience to God. Listen, wives, if your husband tells you to do something that's contrary to God, you don't obey your husband, you obey God. Now, it doesn't happen often, but it does happen. And if you have a husband that never tells you anything uh, that's contrary to God, you ought to thank God for him. You say, Brother Wally, I really think that some of those other things should be first. They should first be comfortable in their own skin. They should first not be judgmental. They should first love. Here's a trivia question. How far do you suppose God went in the Bible before he gave a commandment? Garden of Eden, right? Uh, Replenish, uh, be fruitful, replenish, have dominion over the earth, right? That's Genesis one or two. How about this? Uh, Don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil because the day you do that, you're gonna surely die. God didn't go one chapter before he expected obedience. Here's a trivia question. How far in the Bible do you have to go before God speaks about his love? How many people think it was in Genesis? How many people think it was in Exodus? How many people think it was in Leviticus? How many people think it was in Numbers? How many people think it was in Deuteronomy? How many people think, I don't know. It was in Deuteronomy. Listen, Deuteronomy is literally 2,000 years after God gave a commandment. God showed his love all along. He showed his love to Adam and Eve when they failed. He didn't talk about it to Deuteronomy 4, something, 437. By the way, that was 40 years after he gave the law on Mount Sinai. God showed his love, but he taught his children first to obey. And again, without your children being able to obey rightful authority, they will never succeed in life. They will not be useful citizens. They will not be productive employees. They will be constantly in trouble at school. They'll be in trouble with the police. They'll be in trouble with their marriage. They will be in trouble in the home. It, you, you wanna know why our society is the way it is? It basically boils down to degradation of respect for rightful authority. I was a long, long time ago now a vacation bible school uh, our buses used to run in some pretty bad uh, areas and for the sixth grade on up we met in, in the auditorium and there was a, a kid back there uh, i think he was a sixth grader just dropping the f-bomb yelling uh, and You know, we went to him, said, hey, don't do that here. He just kept doing it, thought it was funny. We say, listen, you you know, we have some policemen here. We're going to take it to them. He just kept doing it. We took him. We always had off-duty policemen uh, there um, because of the crowd of, of kids we were bringing in. We needed that. And, you know, the policeman came in and, uh, you know, said, we need your address because we want to take you home. The bus captain had done that. The kid wouldn't give it. The policeman asked that, wouldn't give it. The policeman said, hey, listen, if you don't give us your address, uh, we're going to call the on-duty police, and they're going to take you down and arrest you. He see, I'm not going to do it. The policeman came. They cuffed this kid. They took him down to the police department. Uh, And again, from what I understand, at the police department, uh, they took him in. And when they uncuffed him, he charged the police officer, just ran at him to get him. A 12-year-old kid. Come to learn, this child had been taught in his house. The police were bad. The police were out to get him. Uh, Listen, I know there are bad policemen. I know that. But understand, when you teach your child wrong about rightful authority, it's gonna hurt him. It's gonna hurt him. Do bad policemen need to be taken out of their field? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Just like bad teachers, bad spiritual leaders, bad pastors. I don't know where that kid is today, but I am quite certain if he didn't change his ways, he's either dead or jailed. And it all goes back to a mother and a grandmother who didn't teach him first to obey rightful authority. Next week, Lord willing, we're gonna talk about how. How can I teach my child to obey rightful authority? Uh, You should have a little card, Um, put in some kind of a question of some sort, Uh, fold it in half, stick it up here on the platform and I'll get it later. Uh, If you have those questionnaires filled out, uh, give me those. If you did not get one and you want another copy, I have them. Uh, Thank you for coming today. God bless you. You're dismissed.